Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Week five in the books without... Monday Night Football, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams. With their help, they can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Thanks for hanging out. 855-212-4227 is the number. Colts upset the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. We'll get into that in just a second. Want to hear your top reactions to week five of the NFL at 855-212-4227. Christian McCaffrey, best non-quarterback offensive weapon in the league. That's on the table. 866 yards from scrimmage in five games with seven touchdowns. First player since Jim Brown to have 175 rushing yards, or excuse me, 175 yards from scrimmage in four of his first five games. Tom Brady out there making business decisions, and he should. They're the last undefeated team in the league, but I don't think we've seen a quarterback play quite as conservatively to his health as Brady is playing right now. Deshaun Watson, a magician. Jay Gruden and Dan Quinn, both deserving to get fired. John Gruden, begrudgingly, absolutely deserving of praise and the great regression of the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Tons to talk about from week five. 855-212-4227 is CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So that's how you weigh in. But I got to be honest, that is one of the most impressive wins of the season by the Colts on Sunday Night Football in Arrowhead. It might be the most impressive. But superlatives and best win doesn't really matter what the Colts have done after the third favorite in the NFL before the year. Andrew Luck retired in the preseason. The fact that the Colts now are in first place in their division tied with the Texans at three and two just beat the chiefs in Arrowhead best offense in the NFL held them to 13 points have wins over the Titans Falcons and Chiefs tough loss last week to the Raiders also to the Chargers in the opener on the road with their first team all pro linebacker Darius Leonard out with their best secondary player Malik Hooker out with Jacoby Brissett yeah he got a bunch of reps with the first team while Andrew Luck was rehabbing but having to change quarterbacks and honestly just deal with the shock of losing a franchise quarterback who was set to make 200 plus million dollars the rest of his career. I mean, the, the obviously the old guard of 
Roethlisberger and Breeze and Brady and Rivers and Eli are still around. And then there's Rodgers. But then between Rodgers and Andrew Luck, there really wasn't anybody of any sort of substance. We were a year or two or three away from Andrew Luck being the best veteran quarterback in the NFL. He was that good. They are a Super Bowl contender with Andrew Luck. They're not a Super Bowl contender, I don't think, without him. But they're really damn impressive. And the Colts are in a great salary cap situation. They carried over a ton of money in the next year's cap. Chris Ballard is one of the best evaluators of talent in the league. Last year, his draft, it was the first time since Butkus and Sayers with the Bears in 1961, two first-team All-Pros as rookies in the same class. That's what they got with Quentin Nelson, the guard, and Darius Leonard, the linebacker. So they've got the cap space. They've got the general manager. Frank Reich, their coach, they've converted seven straight fourth down attempts. Seven straight. That's remarkable. They're analytically driven. They're aggressive. They have what I will call organizational character. What do I mean by organizational character? Let's put it this way. You know if your team has it. Right? It's kind of loosely defined. It's my own term. But you know if your team has it. Ask yourself the question, if your team's starting quarterback, and I'm not saying if it's Andy Dalton, right? But if your team's starting quarterback, who matters, retired during the preseason unexpectedly, would your team fold up like a lawn chair or show resolve? If they would show resolve, they've got organizational character. The Steelers have organizational character. The Patriots have organizational character, as I'm defining it. The the Chiefs have organizational character. The Eagles have organizational character. The Seahawks have organizational character. The Ravens have organizational character. Like these are teams that are just run well. Now, we can agree or disagree on some level of the degree of success of all of those organizations in the here and now. I think Pete Carroll makes some egregious in-game coaching decisions. I think Mike Tomlin can be a bit overrated. I, But the point stands, year in and year out, these are the well-run teams. These are the teams that you give the benefit of the doubt to. These are the teams that you think they're going to figure it out. The Colts, yes. They were lucky to have the number one pick in the Peyton Manning draft, and then they were lucky that when he got hurt and they got the number one pick, it was the Andrew Luck draft. They've had tremendous organizational luck as well. And Jim Irsay, he doesn't exactly scream organizational character. But they feel the winner. They employ some of the best people. Like, honestly, how many head coaches are you taking before Frank Reich? Some, 
you're taking Belichick, you're taking Andy Reid, but how many more? Maybe you're taking John Harbaugh, maybe Sean McVay, maybe Doug Peterson. There's some arguments, but Frank Reich is a tier two coach already. He is really impressive. Their offensive line is dominant. They're going to still be good for years to come. Now, I don't know what Jacoby Brissett's ceiling is. That's a limiting factor for them. But that is such an impressive win, and they just don't get talked about like the Cowboys, the Patriots, like Pat Mahomes gets talked about, like the Browns get talked about, like the Packers get talked about, like the Steelers get talked about, because it's a small market with a regional fan base, right? Like it's just Indiana and that's it. They don't have a sprawling national fan base. People do not have polarizing opinions of the Colts. So the Colts just won that game on Sunday night football on PTI and first take and undisputed in the national talking head shows tomorrow. My guess is more of it will be about Pat Mahomes losing and the chiefs losing than the Colts winning. And that's not to say that the chiefs losing is not a story because Pat Mahomes is the face of the damn league. He had that ridiculous touchdown in the first half back to the goal line ran 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage made the defensive lineman missed fire it back across his field touchdown Al Michaels had the great call only Mahomes kick the extra point go to commercial break Pat Mahomes head and shoulders commercial two of the most iconic NFL commercials in the last 20 years Troy Polamalu's head and shoulders commercial and Aaron Rodgers's uh, State Farm discount double check ad. Both of those ad campaigns, the torch is being passed to Pat Mahomes. And he's got a national catch up commercial and he's got a national Amazon commercial. And it's his second year in the league starting. So don't get it twisted. The Chiefs losing, Mahomes possibly being a little banged up with uh, Cam Irving stepping on his ankles, own offensive lineman. When does Tyreek Hill come back? When does Eric Fisher come back? Why the hell did Andy Reid run the ball on fourth and one instead of putting it in Mahomes' hands with under five minutes? There's plenty to do from that game from a Chiefs perspective. But, and often the more interesting story, by the way, is in the losing locker room. But let's not let it be lost how impressive it is, not just that the Colts won that game, but how they're playing this year. Because a lot of teams would fold up shop. And maybe you're saying, no, they wouldn't. It's all about talent. Gardner Minshew comes in and uh, the Jaguars are still being competitive. Yeah, they are. And Gardner Minshew's a nice story. But let's not say that losing Nick Foles is the same as losing Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was one of the best players in football. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the world. He was a top three favorite for MVP. They were a top six favorite for the Super Bowl. It's a different level of expectation. It's a different caliber of player. It's a different level of shock retiring in preseason as opposed to injury during a game. It's not the same thing. The Colts deserve a tremendous amount of credit. 855-212-4227. I want your top takeaways from week five in the NFL, and we will 
expand on the conversation of who the best non-quarterback offensive weapon in the league is because after 237 yards from scrimmage, Christian McCaffrey's making one hell of a case. But Trotsky is in Georgia, and he's on the Danny Parkins Show. What's up, Trotsky? Hey, DP. How you doing, brother? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for calling. Hey, man. Uh, I want to, uh, I guess, express myself, and I want to get your take on it. But uh, I know Arthur Blank is not the type of owner that uh, that will fire a coach in the middle of the season. But I see no reason to keep Dan Quinn. And the reason I say that is because I think he needs to shake up the the team because, man, with D, with Dan Quinn being a, a quote-unquote defensive guru, man, that defense is all uh, is awful, man. They can't – they can't. the line is awful. The secondary is awful. I just don't see nothing good about the defense, man. Yeah, the there's a huge problem for the Falcons. They've got no identity on either side of the ball, man. I appreciate the call. They're built to be one thing and they're playing like they're another. They're built. The Falcons are built to be the Peyton Manning Colts quarterback in complete control of the offense. Unbelievable rapport with two great receivers like Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley built for speed in a dome on field turf. Vic Beasley, speed rushers coming off the edge, undersized front seven where, yeah, you can run, you can ball control, you want to keep their offense off the field, but the offense is too good, and when they get touchdowns and you get field goals and they're playing from the lead, then their pass rushers can tee off on you, game over. First 11 games the Falcons play this year are all in a dome. There's no reason the Falcons should be sitting one and four. They need to hire an offensive coach immediately and bring back to that offense what Kyle Shanahan had because Matt Ryan was awesome last season. He still has plenty left in the tank. The Falcons still have plenty left in the tank, at least in terms of the skill guys that they have under contract. That is a, to me, that is the clearest example of a coaching problem in the league. Now, Jay Gruden, he's got to go because of dysfunction and rumor and innuendo. We talked about that last hour, but They still play hard in Washington. In Atlanta, I don't know what the hell's going on. They need they need to clean house with the coaching staff because they're they're just underperforming to their talent. That should be a top five or six offense in the league. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. We'll go go over the people in contention with Christian McCaffrey for best non offensive weapon in the NFL, best non-quarterback offensive weapon in the NFL, and take more of your calls. 855-212-4227. It's a week five post-game show. Danny Parkins here, CBS Sports Radio. Now back to the Danny Parkins Show. Thanks for hanging out. It is week five of the NFL in the books with the exception of Monday Night Football. This is the Danny Parkins Show, CBS Sports Radio, radio radio.com. We'll take your calls in just a minute. On a crazy week five, I've weighed in on seemingly every game, every team over the course of the show. Christian McCaffrey continues to marvel. He was the number one pick in my uh, fantasy league that I care about. And I got to be honest, it was mocked. It was mocked. Seemed like Saquon was a better pick. We play in a league where scoring is uh, slanted to the quarterback. Super flex, two QB league, 12 teams, fairly deep. Pat Mahomes, was a, there was a legitimate argument for him to go up there. Alvin Kamara, 
I probably would have taken McCaffrey fourth. He went first. Brilliant pick. In terms of non-quarterback offensive weapons in the NFL, I think Saquon Barkley has a case. I think Julio Jones has a case. And I think that's about it. Even though Julio's down a little bit and Saquon's down a little bit, just in terms of what they are freak of nature, Julio is a blocker as a red zone threat, as a yards after the catch guy, can't be single teamed. He's unbelievable. Saquon Barkley, a physical specimen, but so far this year, there is one answer and one answer only, and that is Christian McCaffrey. With no legitimate number one receiver, with no legitimate number one tight end, with a backup quarterback, with defenses completely keying in on him, he is unstoppable. 866 yards from scrimmage in five games with seven touchdowns. 237 yards from scrimmage today. First player since Jim Brown to have 175 yards from scrimmage in four of his first five games to start a year. He's been miraculous. And I think there's a legitimate quarterback controversy in Carolina. I'd love to hear from Panthers fans. Panther fan in Charlotte, you go to the front of the line. 855-212-4227. Are you ready to pass the baton to Kyle Allen? My guess is Cam will get a shot, but you look like a better football team that's more diverse in what you can call offensively with Kyle Allen, 3-0 this year, 4-0 as a starter filling in for Cam than the former MVP. And I like Cam. Former MVP, most rushing touchdowns, of any quarterback in NFL history, 15 and one season. I was really looking forward to seeing Cam Newton age into his thirties and develop as a passer and surround him with better weapons, but they are more diverse offensively with Kyle Allen. They can do more things. 855-212-4227, getting your top reaction to week five of the NFL. Let's uh, stay here in the great city of Chicago. John, you're on the Danny Parkin show. What's up, man? Hey, John, you there? Hey, Danny, you there? Yeah. Hey, Danny, great show. Uh, as always, uh, love you, Monday through Friday. I'm McNeil and Parkins. Thank you. Um, just uh, wanted to get your thoughts. And one uh, quick correction for you. Buckus and Sarah, 65, not 61. Oh, did um, I say 61? My bad. Yep. Uh, but, uh, you know, the only time Chicago wears a silver and black, and, in fact, you and Danny... Dan McNeil said we were trash coming into this weekend. Now we're three and two. Where do you think the Raiders are going uh, the rest of the way? I'll hang up the most of your thoughts. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, the correction there was Dick Buckus and Gail Sayers from the 1965 draft, the last time that two first-team All-Pros were rookies for the same team in the same draft. So thank you for the correction. I said the wrong year, evidently, earlier. Uh, Yeah, I was super down on the Raiders. I was dismissive of their chances this season. I was dismissive of John Gruden. I was dismissive of their chance against the Bears, and I was wrong. John Gruden put a clown suit on Matt Nagy. That was a brilliant game plan. He got the ball out quick. He constantly chipped and double-teamed Khalil Mack to not let him be a factor in the pass rush, but most importantly, and I think the Akeem Hicks injury contributed to it, but you can't count that entirely. Most importantly, they dominated the interior 
the A gap up the middle of the Bears defense. Roquan Smith looked not himself. And last week, Eddie Goldman, Roy Robertson Harris, Nick Williams, the depth of that defensive line behind Akeem Hicks for the Bears dominated Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. Now, the Vikings' first-round pick, their center, I forgot his name, he's been an unmitigated disaster, even while Dalvin Cook's been great. But when Akeem Hicks missed that game, Nick Williams and the rest of those Bears defenders that I just mentioned held Dalvin Cook to 35 rushing yards when he had had over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown in each of his first three games. And only four guys in NFL history had ever done that, and they were all Hall of Famers. So Dalvin Cook was on a Hall of Fame pace. The Bears shut him down. And then John Gruden came in and said, I don't care. I'm running behind Rodney Hudson, the best center in the NFL, with Akeem Hicks or not. And they dominated the middle of the field. Josh Jacobs torched the Bears today. One team looked like it was ready to play and the other didn't. I'm not a big believer in the jet lag theory. It was a six and out. Six and a half hour flight on a chartered plane where they had sleep pods for the Bears. They they were fine. They got in Friday morning. The game was Sunday night. They had 60 hours to adjust to six and a half hour time difference. They're fine. Or six hour time difference, six and a half hour flight on a chartered plane. They're fine. But how good can the Raiders be this year? I'd still be floored if they were a wild card team. But they can be 500. They beat the Colts on the road and the Bears in London. I've got to give them more credit than I've been giving them so far. And I thought the game had straight up passed John Gruden by while he was sitting in the booth. So that is is legitimately impressive. I will give the Raiders and John Gruden their credit, albeit begrudgingly. And they're going to get an addition to their staff whenever Jay Gruden gets fired. So that can only help. Oh, we've got calls from Charlotte for... uh, We got a call on one side of the play, Kyle Allen, and one on the go back to Cam Newton side. All right. Quarterback controversy in Charlotte with a former MVP. We go to the site of one of the most interesting stories of the NFL and keep getting your week five reaction coming up. It's the Danny Parkin Show. Now back to the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show. 855-212-4CBS is the telephone number. All right. I am genuinely interested in this. I've watched a decent amount of Panthers football this year, but I'm not going to claim to have watched every snap of every game. I am a Cam Newton fan, but fully acknowledge his flaws. So I believe I bring basically no bias to this conversation. Josh Allen, from what I've seen, breathes more life into the passing offense of the Panthers from what I've seen Cam Newton always has an ailment where he's injured and he makes the same mistakes that he made last year and three years ago and five years ago in that he can lock in on a receiver and he only has one speed he's like a relief pitcher that only throws a fastball except it's not Mariano Rivera's cutter like it's just if you're running a three-yard slant, why are you throwing the ball 100 miles an hour? A little bit of touch is okay. Now, I don't think the Panthers have done a great job surrounding Cam with great talent, but Samuel and Moore, they, those guys, they look better. The receivers look better with Kyle Allen 
than they have with Cam Newton. And that frees up Christian McCaffrey, who is the best non-quarterback offensive weapon in the game. So I said, if you're in Charlotte and you're a Panther fan, you go to the front of the line. What happens when Cam Newton is healthy? Ted in Charlotte, you get the first word as a Panther fan. Do you guys got a quarterback controversy on your hands? No, not at all. And the caveat is only if Cam Newton is healthy do I want him back. He hasn't been healthy in quite a while. Um, Let's just go back to last year. Last year on the North Turner, he was completing passes at almost 70% a clip. For Cam Newton, that is unheard of. Um, He was fine, was playing out of his mind until um, Watt, you know, hit him in his shoulder and he was never the same. Um, You know, in the preseason, he, he got his foot injured. And so not only... So he's had surgery on the same shoulder for the past two off seasons. And this is someone who really wasn't an accurate quarterback anyway, but he was, you know, making, he was always getting better and improving. So I don't want to see him come back until he's fully healthy. Um, If he comes back, he gives us a dynamic with regards to running the ball. Um, Now we do have better weapons around him. Um, While he was here, the best weapon he had was Steve Smith. Um, but now, I mean, he's got, it seems like a, an abundance of weapons. You got McCaffrey, McCaffrey, so he doesn't have to run the ball as much. Um, we got a couple of promising receivers. And we've got um, Olsen, who's also, um, you know, he's also a very valuable person in, in, in the passing game. Yeah, but, but I mean, um, Kyle Olsen. Allen has that too. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that Kyle Allen has been spectacular. Today, he was 17 of 30 for 181 yards, okay? I mean, he was the definition of average. He was not the reason why they scored 34 points. That was the defense and Christian McCaffrey. But he is, he seems to give them a dimension that Cam hasn't. 230 yards, 70% completion the last game. 260, 73% before that. Has not thrown an interception uh, in three games. He just, he seems to be solid and they're three and oh, I got to be honest. Like how much longer do you think Cam Newton gets there? Don't know. I mean, we don't know when he's going to be fully healthy. Uh, right. I've, no, that's that. Listen, man, that's fair. That, 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 that is, that is, that is totally fair. I appreciate the call, Ted. Kyle Allen is nowhere near as special of a player as Cam Newton is. I get it. But the dynamic that he brings seems to be something that's different than Cam, and they're winning. If you tell me, hey, Cam Newton's sitting out six more games with injury, then fine. It's, it's going to be a moot point. But when he's back, what happens if he comes back soon and Kyle Allen keeps winning? Charles also in Charlotte. He's on the other side here. What do you make of this Kyle Allen wave, man? If the engine ain't broke, then ain't no need to fix it. I mean, let the man stay home and rest because Kyle Allen is hungry. I see a hungry man right there, even though he may he may not be the one that's supposed to be on the team. He may not be the one that's, that's, that, that's throwing the passes. But, man, come on, man. This boy is hungry. He makes the team hungry. I mean, come on now. You seen the kind. You seen the type uh, Cam Newton plays. You know, he he drags up to the line. You know, he he's, he's real slow for. And I know that's probably through injury. But but come on, man. Allen 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 ready, man. 
And I mean, he Allen actually four no because you got to remember he, he yeah week seventeen last, last year yeah he he actually, so so this man is hungry that's what I see and and don't get me wrong I love some Cam Newton but the engine is running right now running running fine now now it's really gonna prove the test next week when we go to when we have to go overseas if he beats if he beats the Buccaneers come on that's come on it's, it's time to, it's time to ride the train man. Well, I'm just I listen, I I'm on board with it, man. I I really am. I'm not saying Cam Newton never plays again and thank you for the call. But it's getting interesting. Because Cam Newton is clearly more talented than Kyle Allen. But the Cam Newton that is the dual threat impossible to defend quarterback I mean, he's 6'5", 260, the battering ram, the the best red zone threat quarterback that you could have that's not, you know, you know, obviously you'd rather have Breeze and Brady and those guys. But in terms of, like, what he specifically can do in the red zone is historic. Most rushing touchdowns for a quarterback in NFL history. And he did it in his 20s. He Cam Newton's a legend. MVP. Best player in the history of the Panthers organization, not named Julius Peppers, I'd imagine. And I know Steve Smith, and I know Christian McCaffrey, and Luke Keekley, fastest player in NFL history to 1,000 tackles. Like, franchise hasn't been around for a long time. Proud, high-end talent franchise, but Cam Newton still has that argument. Cam's a legend, but all I'll say is it's getting close, and the reports are he's still in a walking boot. And I'm not a huge judge QB by wins guy because it's the ultimate team game. And like I said, today, Kyle Allen did not have the biggest hand in that thing, but Cam's grip on that job and confidence and his ability to adapt was also slipping away. I'll, it's not a perfect apples to apples comparison, but let me make this one for you. Jay Cutler, when he was the quarterback of the Bears, He's the best and most accomplished quarterback in Bears history. But it's not that impressive of a list, and he wasn't that good. And why Jay is and was so polarizing was because anyone who watched him knew he had way more capabilities and talent than he ever performed to. And in year eight, he was making the same mistakes that he was making in his eighth start in the league, throwing off of his back foot, over relying on arm strength, not learning some of the different mechanisms of leadership, those sort of things. So he didn't evolve, and therefore he didn't get the most out of his talent. When Cam was in his mid-20s and his athleticism was best athlete at the position, arguably in the history of the game. I mean, you could argue Mike Vick, but Mike Vick, obviously not as big and durable as Cam Newton was back then. So I'd, I'd probably side with Mike Vick, but there's at least an argument for Cam Newton given size and strength and speed and the whole combination. And then as he ages and as the injuries pile up, he had to adapt because he wasn't able to do the same things with his legs and his body and the contact as he was when he was 25 is when he's now 29 or 30, just turned 30. 
So that's the issue that I see with Cam Newton. Is he better than Kyle Allen? Yeah, probably. Is he much better than Kyle Allen? No. So if Kyle Allen goes on a winning streak, the comp's going to be Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. Tony Romo was better than Dak Prescott. There's no question in my mind. But when he hurt his collarbone and Dak started winning, all of a sudden, because there had been questions about Romo and his ability in the big game and the Cowboys, they're like, we got to ride the hot hand. And they won 12 games that year. Even though Romo's the better player. I don't think we're there yet. But have Kyle Allen have a game-winning touchdown drive where he's the reason you win against Tampa and he goes to 4-0 this year as a starter, 5-0 in his career. Have that happen. Then it's going to get real uncomfortable for Cam Newton. In Greensboro, North Carolina, Charles made a call. He's on the Danny Parkin Show. What's up, Charles? Hey, how's it going? And um, I love your show, man. I'll make it real quick. Uh, I love Cam Newton, but Cal Allen, man, we have life back in Charlotte. I'm from Greensboro. We love the Pampas down here, man. And, you know, Cal Allen, he, he got to stop the fumbling, but I love his steady hand. He can throw the ball downfield. The receivers are responding to him, and they are rallied around him right now. And, you know, Cam got to get healthy. Cam haven't been the same since the Pittsburgh game last year. Honestly, we have to rally around Allen right now. He's our guy right now. Let's see what happens when Cam get back. Right now, we got to go with what we have. I'm just thankful we win it again. So, well, sure, sure, sure. And, and Charles, don't it? Okay, he hung up. Yes, sir. Oh, no, okay, you're still there. The, yes, I'm still here. Yes, sir. Right, okay, my, my question, obviously you're riding the hot hand with Kyle Allen right now. My question is, say Cam Newton comes back in two weeks. Okay. Who, who do you want to be your quarterback? If he's healthy, I'll put Cam in. But right now, we, okay. we have to go with Kyle Allen. If Cam is not healthy, he cannot prove to the coaching staff that he's healthy enough to run that offense. Cam's going to have to sit. He has to prove it's like, uh, you know, job situation. I'm a truck driver. I run mail for U.S. contractor. We run mail seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We got to produce. If we don't produce, they'll find someone else uh, to uh, move this mail. So, well, Charles, know, I appreciate like, the call. Me lately? Yeah, yes, listen, sir. I would I would pause it and I appreciate the call that it's maybe a slightly higher replacement threshold. NFL quarterback as opposed to male, but I appreciate your job and I understand what you're talking about, right? If I am out sick, they're just going to put someone else in here who can also talk sports, right? Most of us are replaceable. So I'm not throwing any sort of shade there. I'm just saying the barrier of entry to that level of play to unseat Cam Newton's a little bit higher. So yeah, obviously while Cam is hurt, Kyle Allen's the guy. The question is, has Kyle Allen shown enough yet that when Cam isn't hurt, that Kyle Allen's the guy? I'd say to this point, the answer is no, but barely. We're not that far away from a Dak Prescott, Tony Romo situation. The more he plays and the more they win, if he just has a moment, that's all it's going to take. It's just going to take a moment. And they'll be like, oh, God, I don't know if Cam would have done that. 
as soon as that doubt creeps in that locker room, it's his job. I don't know if it'll happen or not. Like I said, I'm not watching every snap of this kid play, but we've seen this before. Veteran quarterback, skills eroding, young guy comes in, lightning in a bottle, wins some games, all of a sudden takes the job. And everyone looks good with Christian McCaffrey, man. Who would have thought? White running back from Stanford. Best non-offensive, non-quarterback offensive player in the NFL through five games. I remember the bias against him coming out of college. This guy had 300-yard games from scrimmage at Stanford. I mean, I had it too. I'm not even pointing fingers. Is he fast enough to do it in the NFL? Is he athletic enough to do it in the NFL? He's breathtaking. The uh, the nose for the end zone, the toughness, the ability to run between the tackles. Christian McCaffrey's just straight up impressive. He really, really is. And the NFC South is interesting. Panthers won three straight since Cam went down. Saints won three straight. Since Breeze went down, Falcons floundering, Tampa's offense figuring it out, that division is flipped on its head from where I thought it would be, if I'm being totally honest. Trying to figure out the hierarchy in the NFL behind the Patriots coming up, plus your calls, then last but not least, is the Danny Parkins Show, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 